So, okay, so if you guys aren't already aware, um, we are talking about the fruits of the spirit. Um, Until Eunice last week talked about love and, you know, Mother's Day and all that good stuff. Um, and today I'm going to focus on other fruits of the spirit. Um, but before we get started, I just wanted us to really think about when we say fruits of the spirit, what that really means and kind of just bring some illustration and some context to what we're talking about today. Okay. So if everyone can go to Galatians chapter five. Galatians chapter five, verse 16. Okay, so I am gonna go ahead and read this. I'm gonna read from 16 to 23. Okay, so I am reading from the ESV version. Um, I don't know about y'all, but my the heading on mine says keep in step with the spirit okay so it says but i say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh oh before i continue for those who do not know this is one of the books that paul wrote okay so this book is a book that paul wrote to the church so this book is a book of Galatians. He wrote this book for the church of Galatia. Not sure where it is, but he wrote the book for the church, okay? All right, so let me continue. Chapter 17. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law now the works of the flesh are evident sexual immorality impurity sensuality idolatry sorcery enmity strife jealousy fits of rage rivalries dissensions divisions envy drunkenness orgies and things like these i warn you as i warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of god but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and end it there. Um, You know, since we know, right, that this book is for the believers, is for the Christians, that he's writing these books, he's writing, giving guidelines to believers on how to do Christian living, right? I thought it was interesting because as I was kind of doing research and listening to other things, it was really interesting that 
in verse uh verse 19 says now the works of the flesh are evident right so he says works of the flesh but then he says fruits of the spirit And I really believe that he used this word intentionally. Like, why did he not say works of the spirit? Um, I believe he was very intentional about the words he used to best describe these two things, right? So when we think of works, we think about things that we do. Right, just things that you decide to do out of your own will, out of your own power, they're action things, right? But when we say fruit, you don't do fruit, <laughs> right? Fruit is grown, it's something that's produced. It takes time to cultivate fruit. And there's nothing that me, you, we could do to make fruit grow, okay? So it's amazing and I'm, I'm so grateful for the, for the Holy Spirit. God bless you, Gertrude, for speaking on, um, you know, what you did because I really do believe it's definitely in line with what I felt we needed to talk about today. Um, and it was amazing because she definitely talked about all the different things that we can do to help grow us spiritually, which are very important things to do. And we play a role, right? We play a role in cultivating this fruit. Um, but I thought it was very interesting because I heard someone say like, when you think about a garden, right? And I don't know about y'all, but my mom has this little garden in the back. I don't know nothing about gardening. I just watch her plop the little, <laughs> pull out the little pepper or whatever she gets from back there, just, you know, doing something. But she loves that stuff. I don't have a green thumb. It would die, right? But that stuff takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of knowledge. It takes a lot of understanding on how to best produce it. But there's a lot of things when it comes to fruit, when it comes to growing produce that we cannot control right? We can't control the weather. If there's a certain season and it's snowing, well, now there are some things that do grow in the, in the wintertime, but you know, so there's weather. There are some seeds. If you buy seeds, there are some seeds that may have a genetic issue, right? You, you do everything you're supposed to do, but it doesn't grow. That, that we can't control that, right? There are things like pests, Right, and that's why there's pesticides to keep the bugs and all that kind of stuff stuff away. There are predators, animals that try and come and eat your animal, um, eat your vegetables or fruits or whatever. Um, and so there are things that are outside of our control. But what we can do, right, is be intentional about playing a role in the development of the fruit, so we don't hinder the growth of the fruit. I hope that makes sense. So if I put it in context of the very natural example of using uh, 
of of growing right having a farm or garden there are things we can do to protect it right you can put a fence around it um you can maybe give it a little extra water you can prune the fruit weeds that's a huge deal right you can't really control the weeds from growing but you can sure enough pull those suckers out right you can do whatever you can to prevent them from growing um and so i just really want us to really understand and grasp that we can't make fruit happen but if we don't play a role we can hinder it from happening okay i don't want to to be confusing, but I hope y'all are getting me. If you if you have any questions, please feel free to ask um, at the end. Um, but we, as believers, have to provide an environment for ourselves to grow spiritually, for ourselves to be able to produce through the Holy Spirit, produce the fruits of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit dwells in us. It's the Holy Spirit that produces that fruit. But there are things that can hinder that fruit from being produced. And that's the place that we have to participate in, right? So um, if we can go to, yeah, this is just a scripture that kind of talks about that. But if we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 17. It says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit, right? So, fruits of the Spirit can't be developed without the Spirit. We can't make it happen, okay? So, essentially, that's why I wanted us to go over that scripture. So, now, today, I wanted us to go over, I'm going to be going over kindness and goodness, right? Um, And just kind of talk about those a little bit more. When we say kindness, we think of things like, you know, being nice or being pleasant. But there's worldly kindness and there's Christian godly kindness. Okay. So I don't know if y'all have ever like, at least to me, the way like I think of it is like when we're being kind, it's almost if you don't have a godly kindness, you can look kind, but not really be kind. And the best example I can give for that is like a backhanded compliment. Have anybody ever received that? Like, oh my gosh, your hair looks so much better than it used to. Like, what does that mean? Right? That is that really kind? Um, and so a lot of times when we think about worldly kindness, it's 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 kind of a facade it's a facade um and i think a lot of times in worldly kindness it's being used to hide that nasty kind of nature that some of us most of us i think all of us have um 
But when we talk about Christian kindness, godly kindness, the kindness that is produced from the spirit of God, that is the kindness that we are striving to have, right? So if we turn to Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Yes, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. First of all, I had no idea. It wasn't until I did this. I didn't realize how much the Bible talks about kindness. I had no idea. I literally Googled like Bible verse kindness. And there was so many verses. I just, I had no idea. I mean, it sounds, I don't know. To me, it just sounds like, oh yeah, you be kind. But if it's being repeated so many times in the scripture, I would think it, it seems as if we definitely have a problem with kindness, okay? It's not as simple as it seems. Um, but in this scripture, if we're Ephesians chapter four, verse 32, it says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Okay, and there are other scriptures. We'll we'll get to that in a moment. Um, talking about kindness, but when we think about kindness, and this is a kind of kindness that because we're being imitators of Christ, right? As Christians, this is the kind of kindness that we, um. It's a kindness that God gives to us that we are reciprocating to others, right? And the kindness that God gives to us um, is the same kindness, and there's scriptures on this, the same kindness that leads to repentance and salvation. Um, and this kindness God gives us is like, you know, it's, it's in love and forgiveness and grace and all those things. Like that is his way those things are kindness to us. Um, despite our nasty behaviors or whatever, God still continues to be kind to us. Um, and that is what we need to do as believers, right? To truly have that part of kindness. Um, so let's turn to, there's two scriptures in Proverbs um, that also talk about kindness. The first one is Proverbs chapter 11. Chapter 11, verse 17. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 17. Okay. It says, a man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. Okay. So that's just, just so y'all know it's there. Definitely tells us why we need to be kind, right? There's a lot of scriptures on kindness y'all okay the next one is also proverbs proverbs 21 so proverbs chapter 21 verse 21 proverbs 21 21 okay and this says whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life righteousness and honor Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness 
will find life, righteousness, and honor. Okay. All right. Okay, so we're going to move on to goodness. Um, when we think about goodness, at least for me, I think about, like, morality. Like, I don't know about y'all, but I've, I've legit met people who are good people. Um, and when I talk to them about Christ or church, you know, they're not really, they're like, yeah, well, you know, I go to church because of the morality. They love the fact that it teaches you how to be good but they're not necessarily in it to follow Christ. I don't know if y'all have ever met that. I met that literally this year. No, like it was the end of last year, but still I was like, whoa. Um, we had very interesting conversations. <laughs> um, but there are people out there who are seeking out morality, right? Being good, good action. Um, but that that is that is worldly. Right. That is worldly goodness. That is not the type of goodness we're talking about here. Even when we say good. Right. We use that word a lot. Um, it's a very relative term. When I think of like we say, oh, that food was good or. Um, what this person did was good. But when people say that, when we're saying that, we're basing it off of some standard. Right. Like, <laughs> um, for instance, if I don't play golf, y'all, but I'm just going to use this as a silly example. Um, but if I say I'm pretty good at golf, I can be pretty good at golf. Sure. Fine. But if Tiger Woods is my standard, <laughs> right, I am no longer good at golf. So we see that there's a standard when we talk about goodness. And so when we say anything is good as believers, the question is, what is our standard? Now, I'm sure all of you guys know that the obvious answer is Christ. Okay. Christ is our standard. And there's a scripture that I would like to share with you guys. It's Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, verse 19. Luke chapter 18, verse 19. Well, let's start with 18. This is about the rich ruler, okay? It says, I'm going to start at 18. It says, so chapter 18, verse 18. And the ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Okay. No one is good except God alone. If we look in Genesis and when God made everything, he said it was good, right? When he made us, he said it was good. We are not good on our own. It's through Christ that we are good. Okay. So there's nothing we can do or not do that makes us any more good or less good, right? That goodness comes from God and God alone. Okay. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, this same thing today, I'm just talking about kindness and goodness. Um, but obviously the same thing can be applied to all the nine fruits of the spirit, right? And I think it's just important to remember that we have a part to play. All the things that Gertrude listed out about reading your word, listening to worship music, doing all those things. If we are not doing those things, we hinder the growth of those fruits because the Holy Spirit is being quenched, right? And it can't be produced. We're not providing an environment for those fruits to grow. So um, I was talking to a friend and I wanted to share this because I just, to me, I mind blown right I, my mind was completely blown what she said was pretty profound to me um but i want us to go away with this when i think about king solomon right king solomon for those of you guys who don't know he is the son of david david the one who's you know the one after god's own heart and all that good stuff King David, right? He birthed King Solomon. Now, King Solomon was the wisest man alive, legit. He prayed for wisdom, right? And God gave him godly wisdom. The wisest man, the one who wrote the book of Proverbs, and I think he wrote some other books. But the wisest man alive. If you guys read his story all the way to I think it's like First Kings, the book of First Kings. He's in there. I think he actually used to. We see him die in the book of First Kings. But um, this man has so many wives and so many concubines, right? People who were not of God, and it was instructed of him not to do that. But because of his own sinful nature, which we all have. He didn't adhere to it. He didn't do whatever he needed to do to hinder that fleshly desire that tends to come up all the time, right? He didn't pull out those roots. He didn't do what he needed to do and he continued to feed it. And in the end, in the end, we see that his kingdom ends up being like he the kingdom is removed from him right and it's just not the same it's not the same it gets divided amongst all the people because he sinned against god um if we go to this is the last verse turn to first kings chapter 11. first kings First Kings chapter 11, verse 6. First Kings chapter 11, verse 6. Okay. So it says, So Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not wholly follow the Lord as David, his father had done. Okay. 
Um, there's a lot more there, but to me, I just thought that was so freaking profound. That despite everything he knew, he knew everything, he still failed. To live a life that was pleasing to God, he failed to allow the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Well, I guess the Holy Spirit technically wasn't there back in the day, but just get what I'm getting here. Just just catch it. <laughs> he didn't allow for um, those things to be cultivated in him, that character, right? He just continued to feed that fleshly desire that he had to have so many women around him. That probably could even speak to the fruit of, you know, self-control, but, you know, I don't know. In all his wisdom, he still couldn't do what he needed to do. And so I just wanted us to take that as food for thought that we can read the word. Because, I, I, again, I know people, too, who, like, are struggling, right, in their life. They know that they got different flaws and things they can't seem to break away from. But then I'll ask, when is the last you prayed? Or when is the last you did this? Did you, have you talked to somebody, that, you know? things like that. And they'll be like, well, you know, I've been reading my Bible. I read my Bible like two chapters a day. And they're very consistent about reading their word. But like, where's the fruit of the spirit though? They're not there. <laughs> it's more than just that, right? So we have to allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in us, but we also need to create an environment to cultivate that fruit. Because if we don't, that fruit won't be produced. Right. So it's just it's just that. So I just wanted to send that for food for thought. That was a pretty short message for me today. Um but that is all I have for you. Uh I think I guess I'm gonna go ahead and open the floor for questions if there are any questions before we pray out. Or if you guys want to send questions in the chat box, that's okay, too. Um, I'll also ask Kevin and Olivia if there's anything they want to add. Please feel free to add. But, um, yeah. I'll just wait a moment before we pray out. Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely agree with all that you said. Um, kindness and goodness is so, so important. And thank you for kind of explaining, you know, regular goodness versus God's goodness. It's, I think that's a really key distinction. Um, but also for us to, 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 to show that kindness to people, um, it's not easy, you know, especially showing kindness. And it doesn't, it doesn't say only show kindness to certain people, but show kindness to everybody. And that includes all the people who don't like, right? Um, because our goal is that by showing that kindness, right, you'll pour burning coals over their heads um, that, 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 that Paul shows us. So the, the goal is, is to melt somebody's heart, right? We can't melt anybody's heart with, with being evil, with being mean back to them. The only way to melt somebody's heart is to, is to show them kindness and goodness. So that's a really good point, and I'm, I'm glad you brought all that up, Matt. Thank you. 
Thank you. Same. The one thing I would add, um, Patricia, thank you for that awesome word. Um, the one thing I would add is that, um, you know, God's goodness and his kindness is like, really constant. And, you know, we've been hearing about this for a really long time. It's existed for a really long time. Um, but just a reminder to us that the world will try to project its standard of goodness, um, but that God's God's standard still holds today. And so we shouldn't really get wrapped up in like, now this is what the Bible says is good, but also like the world is the world is doing this and this is acceptable in the world and this is what's considered okay, right? And then we kind of get sucked into that and then we adopt that. Um, that's a really dangerous thing because if the devil can shift our mindset from really sticking to what's constant in the word and to just kind of compromise what's going on in the world, then we really do lose ourselves. The other point I want to make specifically to like all the girls on the call is that, um, you know, we're young and it's really easy to get caught up in like really petty things, right? And it causes us as young women to not be very kind to one another. It causes us to be um, really mean sometimes. Um, sometimes we come across as bullies, and I know that because it just happens. But um, it's just a reminder to all the young girls on the call, like your, your sense of beauty, your sense of identity, the wholesomeness is really, really attached to how you treat people. Really, and, and this isn't really just for girls, it's for guys too, but I just mean, because I know that <clears throat> within our small circles, we get into petty stuff, we gossip, you know, and we're not very kind to one another. Um, the most beautiful people, the most beautiful women, the most beautiful, like, the most beautiful people have kind hearts. And if that's what you want to be, if you're trying to be beautiful, right, and whole, you want to walk and lead a life that is really led by kindness, treating everybody um, with respect and never allowing yourself to come so low as to just being a bully. Um, Wow, that's so funny. I just said amen. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. So if you guys have any questions, seems like you guys don't have any questions. So I'll go ahead and pray out. Father, we just thank you for today. Allowing us to gather together talk about you, to learn more about you. And I just pray, Lord God, that you continue to help us. Um, in our walks with you, that Lord will do whatever necessary to help to cultivate the fruit of the spirit. That Lord will do 
what it is you're telling us to do, despite how hard it may be. And I pray that you help us to truly exemplify um, who you are and that we will be kind and we'll be good and we'll learn and we'll understand and we'll grow and we'll be in a position to take um, constructive criticism, rebuke, correction, so that we ultimately will resemble you. Having these fruits blesses our lives. And you give us instruction, you tell us what to do because it helps us. As you are the creator of everything and the knower of everything, you are everywhere all the time. You know what is best for us. So help us, Lord God, in our hearts and our minds. Help us to just take heed to what you have to say. And be willing and be able and put in the effort to apply these things. Sometimes things in the world look all hot and flashy and things are going well, but... If we believe that your word is truth, we know that it's really not all well with them. So give us the boldness, give us the courage, give us the wisdom, give us the strength, the zeal, the passion, the desire to continue walking with you. And anything, Lord God, that is in our personal lives, that may be trying to quench, trying to destroy the fruits that are trying to be developed in our lives. Help us to identify it and give us the wisdom and the knowledge on how to address those things, address those weeds, address the pests, address all the things that are preventing or harming the fruit that is trying to be developed in our lives. We love you, Lord God. We honor you. I pray that you continue to keep us. We thank you for keeping us so far. Um, and we trust you with our lives. Uh, Holy Spirit, continue to teach us, continue to speak to us, and never let us go. Allow us to feel your presence. And know that you're there, even when we feel alone. We honor you. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.